Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Can't get any sleep. Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Red. Jacob, how are you doing on this fine morning? I'm doing okay, Zach. Uh, you know, I did not sleep very well last night, uh, so I really felt like the Avatar gods were manifesting this episode. Uh, but it's all right, Zach. You're my for- forever host. Uh, we're here together. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm excited to be talking about this episode. Uh, but actually, I'm like a I'm a huge snowball of nerves because we have a quite special guest on the podcast with us. Yeah, we uh, have the great Naomi Calhoun, famous from the Mike White Was Rob podcast. You've heard her appear on the Rob Has a Podcast Network numerous times. Here she is, Naomi Calhoun. Naomi, how are you doing? I'm great. I love the implication that Mike White Was Robbed has made me famous because I haven't seen any <laughs> dividends from that yet. And so I would like that to start happening soon. Um, guys, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we're excited to have you. Would it have been better to uh, introduce you as last place in Renap Taskmaster? (laughs) (laughs) Damn, shots fired. Naomi was robbed. It's fine. It's fine. I've won Taskmaster in my heart. So that's all that really matters to me. Um, Mine too. Mine too. You were (laughs) hilarious. So (laughs) thank uh, you. Um, No, I'm so excited to be here. And like, I also didn't get. I didn't have a good like night of sleep last night, so it's going to be a party on this episode. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, I don't know why, but like I really think that it was just like okay, we're going to be talking about nightmares and daydreams. So go ahead and uh, have a nightmare yourself. Wake up at four in the morning so that you're tired. Uh, yeah, it's 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 going well. We're mm-hmm. we're doing okay. Yeah, that makes three of us because I could not fall asleep last night for the life of me. I ended up falling asleep at two and waking up at like seven. So. I got a solid five hours of sleep, so I'm like ready to go. Hopefully, not delirious on the podcast, or maybe delirious because every delirious episode we have, we always get feedback about how it's like funny that we're off the rails. So you know what? Maybe we should pull all nighters and then record. 
Oh yeah, I'm ready, to, <laughs> I'm ready to take this train out of the station and off the rails, guys. What was your nightmares about? What kept you up last night? I, I can go first. So I woke up at four in the morning because my foot was stuck in something in my dream, and I tried to get it out, and I woke up to myself literally kicking the bed, and I like <laughs> woke up and I was like, "What just happened?" I, and I like popped up. I, I was like, "Huh?" And I like I like looked around. I was like, "Okay, nothing happened," and I went back to sleep. But for some reason, like it just felt like just felt like I couldn't get out. So there you go. That was that was my nightmare. I actually didn't have a nightmare last night. I just couldn't sleep. But I've all, I, I'll talk about my nightmares later on. We'll talk about Wishbone again and how he used to terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Wishbone is, Naomi? Do I know what Wishbone is? I was a PBS kid. How dare right. you? I, I'm just <laughs> saying it, it's it's important that you know that it's like the most benign dog of all time. I have uh, a little. I have a photo of Wishbone on my phone, actually. Don't show Zach. Don't no, show you Zach. You can it's, show me. It's no, little, no. He's in a little Shakespeare outfit. That's why I saved it. You're gonna scare him. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so he's, cute. he's got a little rose in his mouth. He's so cute. Um, my nightmare last night was uh, that I was at the airport and I needed to get past customs, and they're like, "So, where's your letter of recommendation?" And I was like, "What?" That's not a thing. And they're like, no, you need a letter of recommendation to get into the country. That's how it works. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have one of those. And I just like was like bawling and crying at the airport. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to make it into this country. And I was like, wait, it's six in the morning in New York City. What's going on? Like, wow. I don't know why. I've never had a dream like that before. But that was like the first one. Um, what was the country that you were trying to make it into? <laughs> I don't know why I was trying to go to Israel. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because I was talking about it last night with my friend, but like, it, I, I, I don't want to go to Israel. Like, I, I don't know why that was on my mind, but that was the kind and I needed a letter of recommendation. And I was trying to like call people and get them to like forge me a letter, but the guy was right there. So he knew I was forging the letter. So it was, it was very strange. <laughs> Yeah, you've already missed your opportunity if you're trying to forge uh, the letter like right at the end there. <laughs> yeah, in line, just like typing on my phone. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, two seconds. Yeah, that's um, like whenever I was at school, like I would always forge my mom's signature, but then sometimes I would like clearly have like the thing on the desk and it was like unsigned and then I'd sign it real quick and give it to my teacher. And like they didn't really care, but it was like very obvious what I was doing. Like you have to, if you're going to forge a signature, you have to do it before you get in the classroom or else it's just way too obvious. I used to have to forge, I don't know if you guys played an instrument or your school was like this, but uh, from in like middle school and elementary school, uh, you had to get your parents to sign your practice sheet to say that, yes, this person, you know, my child did practice. Of course, I didn't fucking practice. I didn't want to practice. And I didn't want to ask my mom to sign it because she was a music teacher and she was going to yell at me because they didn't practice. Uh, so yeah. I would forge her signature all the time. And like sometimes I don't know if I ever I can't remember if I ever got caught. But I know that my mom knew what I was doing. And I was just like, you know what? I'm like, I don't care. I have no morals and I'll forge your signature whenever I want. Um, I wasn't very good at it though, but she has an easy signature to copy. So it's like, it's easy. Well, see, so my mom's name starts with the J and all her signature is, is just like a loopy J and then our last name. So like our signatures are just the same. So like <laughs> I just copied my signature after hers and then I just did my signature and then boom, forge document. See, you're lucky, Jacob. My mom used to sign her full name on things sometimes. So then when I tried forging that, it was like, damn, I had so many letters to forge. It was awful. Because yeah. I would get it. Oh, continue. No, no, no. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was going to say well, my forging stories when I was in elementary school, I would get in trouble a lot and they send us home with disciplinary reports and then I would forge my signature on those. So 
my mom didn't know I was getting into trouble at my religious <laughs> elementary school that I mentioned last week. Do yeah, you well. do you guys take pride in your signature or do you not care what it looks like? I think this is an interesting divide of people. Yeah. I like I my signature. Oh, you do? Yeah, I, that's like the one thing I can draw nice because my handwriting is normally awful. But then I just I learned how to do the cursive just for my signature and my signature looks pretty good if I do say so myself. Do you happen to have a piece of paper and a pen next to you? Uh, Yeah, I do. I'm like, I've been I trying would, to draw. I would mine. love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to know yours. Let, let me see if I have a, a this, this piece of like paper. too small for me. I can't do it. Because here, uh, here's the thing. I don't take any pride in my signature. I, it's just a scribble. Like, it's it's just a scribble. Um, but I scribble it. Ooh. Oh, I like the uh, the Z, as you would call it. Zach. So Zach has a lot of interesting, like, let, right, the Z and the K. And they've got yeah. a great shape to them. You guys at home can't see them. But the Z <laughs> is really powerful. We'll, we'll, tweet, we'll tweet these out. Yeah, and the M just shoots off into the distance. It's a very powerful signature. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, so kind gassing me up for my signature. This is, this is yours. Yeah, let's see yours. No, Naomi, you go. Naomi, you okay, go. this is mine. <laughs> so okay. I don't really even spell my name fully. I no. get to, I, I kind of skip the L, but it's kind of blended with the H. It kind of looks like Nayori Call is what I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think you... You skip a few letters in there. But yeah, that's, life that's hack. Fine. If you just spell your name wrong, then people can't copy your signature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyone like is trying to like write out all the letters, and it's like very obvious. All right, here's mine. Uh, when I actually sign it, it's like oh. essentially just J red, and then I give up. I, I a cursive J is one of the best letters. I have to say. I agree. I'm very happy about it. But I will say, I've started signing my name on documents now that I know it doesn't realize. Like literally, just like this. <laughs> uh, for those at that, home it's a smiley face and <laughs> that that is uh as long as you're consistent it counts uh yeah that's like signing an x and just being like yeah it counts yeah i gave up on like a credit card script like you know you know if i'm buying groceries and it's like sign your signature it's like yeah whatever okay here's a here's here's two lines congratulations um, yeah, see, that's that's why you got to go for the smiley face. Join the movement. It's uh, we're popping. So far, we have one member. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay, perfect. Although then you could steal my credit card and you would be able to get away with it, and no one would ever be able to tell. Yeah, are you coming back to New York anytime soon? Um, no reason. <laughs> yeah, you want to just steal my wallet <laughs> real quick? Yeah. All right. Uh, I didn't say that. I was just wondering. No, I'll keep it far away from you. Um, Anyway, uh, signatures aside, uh, we're here talking about a TV show. Was that was that what we were here for? Yeah, season three, episode nine of Avatar: The Last Airbender: Nightmares and Daydreams. Yeah, uh, this is kind of an episode that's like in uh, like in a filler spot right before we have like the mid season finale next week with the Day of the Black Sun. Uh, of the past few weeks, we've gotten a few like more consequential episodes, like for the rest of the series. Uh, and even saying that, like they weren't super consequential. Like the Puppet Master kind of matters, the Runaway not so much. This is the episode I think that matters the least to the whole series. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to have some fun as we recap it. You know, it's not super important that we hit all the beats, so uh, it should be a good time. Yeah, perfect spot for me to come on. Absolutely no <laughs> consequences whatsoever of this episode. See, and and that that's perfect because uh, I think I'm like I'm very curious to know how you got into Avatar. Uh, like I know uh, you know you might be considered a casual. Uh, mm, very that word casual. Out there. Yeah. Very casual. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> well, so Avatar was a show that was on. T- I was a big Nickelodeon kid. Like it, I, I watched a ton of TV, especially in that range of like. My mom worked at an elementary school, and so when I was in middle school. I could come home at like 2 p.m. And from like 2 to 4, she wouldn't be home. And Avatar was one of those shows that was always on the TV around 2 to 4 p.m. So I watched it casually, but I never really got beyond the first couple episodes. Like, I have distinct memories of, you know, Avatar, like, sorry, of Aang in the ice and like, all these certain iconic early episodes, but beyond that, um, it was really just me being like, man, Appa looks cool. And uh, (laughs) I did have a a math teacher in seventh grade who shaved his head into an avatar arrow, like shaved his hair into the arrow. And like, he was a fucking weirdo, let me tell you, but that was one of the funniest things he ever did. That, Um, that is committed to shave your hair into that. Like go for the bald cap and then paint it on. He was a lunatic, but that's, that's what he did one time. And and that was Mr. Kelso. But I, I, avatar was like, I, I think, I don't know. (laughs) I said this to someone recently is that like, I didn't know how episodic TV really worked. I just watched what was on my screen. I didn't know that there was an order to things that you should try and follow. And actually you can find out what the episodes are going to be ahead of time and potentially watch them in order. I just watched what was ever presented to me. Uh, and so I never really watched Avatar in any sort of uh, sequential order or like through a whole season, but I love the show now. I think it's great. I like understand its cultural relevancy and it's one of those shows that everybody is obsessed with where i'm like i get it man and like i'm glad you guys are having fun uh (laughs) i've never watched it in full but this was a great motivation to get back into it i'm very glad to be here i I love the idea that you just thought every single tv show was an anthology you're like no there's no way that i can connect the episodes like i'm not going to be able to understand what happened like i'm just it's life comes at me i'm just like moving through life and then like Whatever's on the TV is the only thing I got. I, I, I appreciate that. When I when must I first, have been a game changer when you realized that TVs did have episodes, though. When, when I was when I first got Netflix, like Netflix on like the Wii, so you could use the app, right? Mm, um, yeah. I watched. I loved the TV show Bones, and I just scrolled through the episodes because it would just pop up the description. It wouldn't even show you a thumbnail. It would just be like episode one description, and I would just pick which episode sounded fun to watch. I would I wouldn't watch them in order. I would just be like, oh, this mystery sounds exciting. Even though Bones is a show that is meant to be watched in order. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do any of that. And it, it's insane. I think after that I started to realize, I think I watched like Dexter and I started to realize that like, oh, you're supposed to watch these in order and like there's a story. There's a big story that's going on that you should pay attention to. I don't know what yeah. was wrong with me as a kid. <laughs> that's funny you mentioned Netflix on the Wii because when I first watched Avatar, that's how I watched it. I watched it all through Netflix on a Wii. So when I first watched it in full well i I played the avatar video game on the wii so we all have uh (laughs) we all have fun was that your favorite wii video game what was your favorite wii game um that's a good question probably twilight princess my mom didn't want me to play it it's like the legend of zelda game that had Mm -hmm. uh like the fairy that was like not dressed uh, all the way and so my mom was (laughs) like that's not appropriate you can't you can't have that i'm like it's a fairy dog like don't be so worried. Don't be so pressed about this. I didn't say it like that, but um, that was my yeah, favorite I, game because when I finally got to play it, I was like, this is so cool. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's where I'd go. Mm, what about you, Zach? 
think Wii Sports was always really fun for me. I don't know why. <laughs> Wii Sports? Yeah, oh I just like Not even Wii a Wii Sports, Sports Resort. Wii Sports yeah. Resort was like kind of glitchy with the Motion Plus. That's I don't true. know. I didn't love it. But yeah. Wii Sports, the OG, just tennis, baseball, boxing. That was my jam. Yeah, All right, you know. Naomi, what was it for you? Uh, oh, wait, you've, wait, sorry, Zach. You forgot the best one, bowling. Bowling, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, true, bowling. Okay. When you throw it behind Very you and all important. the little wees jump up and turn <laughs> yeah. uh, Iconic. All right, Naomi, favorite, what was your favorite week? My little brother and I would play the absolute shit out of Lego Star Wars to the point where uh, I brought yeah. my Wii to my current apartment and hooked it up, and I play Lego Star Wars and I play Super Mario Galaxy every once in a while because I love those games so dearly. Um, yeah, this, Lego Star Wars, no question. Um, best game in the entire world. Yeah, that is a really fun one. I remember, like, I would go and, like, uh, look at, like, uh, game guides so I could, like, learn where the last of the things that I had oh, the mind was. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those mini kits, they took for fucking ever to find. And, like, my brother mm-hmm. had to do all the pod racing levels because I couldn't do them. I don't know what it Those is the about most like, fun. being a sister, but you oh, just can't do levels that involve like flying a vehicle i could never do them i i I always had handed off to my brother and i was so i was like why am i sucking so much i was always very mad at myself but i can never do it never pull it off okay internalized patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) i see you trying to fix it but i couldn't Uh oh i I almost made you uh die on the podcast that would be very sad cause of death uh podcasting (gasps) Uh, that'd be embarrassing. Anyways, don't we have an episode to talk about? Yeah, we do. Uh, we I should mean, probably think, get to it. <laughs> I think we were trying to whenever I was asking about the how you got into it. Before we get into the episode, just quickly, what kind of vendor do you think you would be? Naomi, is there a type of vendor you'd be attracted to, or are you going to leave it up to the experts to help help you figure it out? When you say attracted to, you mean like appeals to to me being... I mean, I guess you could also say which one you're like attracted to, but yeah, I meant like uh, which one like do you think you're you're like the most? Um, well, I don't, I don't actually really know. So like, I'm a Slytherin, and that's what I know okay. about myself. But I don't really, uh, you know, watching this, I, I, I don't know what I would be. I and I don't know if there's like a comprehensive quiz to take, but I don't know what. Uh, what do you guys think is like a is like the defining characteristics of each each branch that that I should look and, and analyze to think about whether I belong. Hmm, that's a good question. How will we define the branches, Jacob? The branches. I, I think like uh, probably if you like if you like stability, then like that seems like uh, like earthbender motivation. Uh, if you like like if you're comfortable with change, that's usually like a waterbender motivation. Um, yeah, I like I think like I think there are some questions that we could ask to like kind of piece it together. So I guess like maybe the first thing, like how do you feel about change? Like is that is that uh, uh I'm okay with change. I like uh I like new things. Uh okay. although sometimes I, I am very stuck in my ways. You know, I don't wanna uh I don't like moving, I don't like leaving the borough that I live in. I've lived in Queens for six years. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the idea of not living here. Uh, but I like new things. Okay. How how do you deal with conflict? Do you get upset? Like, do you, yeah. Um, I'm usually uh, willing to talk it out. I like to talk it out and hopefully come to a conclusion where everybody is happy and the, li- the lines have been repaired where everything's back to normal. And, uh, you know, like a classic uh, sitcom, everything's good. Back to square one. <laughs> nothing happened. 
Okay. Jacob, do you um, have anywhere you're leaning for Naomi? I mean, I'm kind of leaning Earth. Uh, you know, like stay, stay, uh, stayed in the same place, like in uh, like the borough that she's in. Like wants to talk things out, like not flying off the handle, getting upset. Uh, how do you feel about worldly possessions? Or do you give all of them up? For what? I don't know. For inner peace or something? I, I don't know what they want. <laughs> Zach, what does this question mean to you? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Would you give up your Lego Star Wars and we? Shit. What well, I realized I didn't ask anything that would like see if you were an airbender. So this is my terrible way of asking if you're an airbender. I, I think <laughs> I'm leaning Earth. Okay. Zach, does that does that feel about right? Yeah, that feels kind of right. Coming into this from what little I knew of Naomi, which I, I mean, I listen to you on many podcasts, but I don't know huh. you personally. But then I was thinking firebender, but maybe not after hearing those answers. Well, it's I feel like firebenders like, you know, I, I've just known for so long that they're the bad guys. So, like, I can't see myself as being a firebender, but maybe I am. I mean, I, I turned out to be a Slytherin and I've come to accept that. So maybe maybe it's kind of a mix of the two. It's yeah. the, the Slytherin firebender like cross section or just the people who full on love being evil. Like they don't even mind that they're the bad people. They're just like, let's go for it. So. True. You know, I, I, I'm going to say Tentative Earth. That's where I'm going. Okay. Tentative we'll Earth. See. I'll agree with that. I do think Toph right. is my favorite character. That's for sure. I mean, that's just taste right there. That has nothing to do with what <laughs> bender you are. That's just like your taste. <laughs> True. Uh, all right. Well, okay. We can talk about an episode of Avatar. We've had plenty of pre-show banter. I've been having a lot of fun, but I guess we can talk about the episode. Um, we start out uh, with some koala sheep. Uh, these things are used quite a lot in the episode, and they're adorable. I absolutely love them. I think that they're cuter than regular sheep. Big fan. Uh, any other thoughts on the koala sheep before we uh, like talk about the actual episode proper? Uh, yeah, one of my notes is therapy would be so much better with koala sheep. I agree. It really would be. Uh, anyway, so Sokka uh, and the rest of Team Avatar, they all show up to this like clearing uh and sock is all happy because this is where they're going to uh you know take on uh the invasion this is going to be the launching point for the invasion force that's showing up in a few days uh Sokka talks about how like they picked it because it's like some perfect little place and that they're ahead of schedule zach i had a question for you they were behind schedule from the painted lady episode what do you think they cut out of their schedule to be able to make it up four days early that's a really good question. Do you think they actually just started eating on their piss breaks? Like what they end up doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, that was what was that was the suggestion, but I, I hope that's not what they did. Like, I was hoping maybe they like took out like uh, you know a retreat in the mountains, or like they were gonna like help a town, and they're like, nah, we'll just like let that town burn or something like that. Like, I hope they're not eating on their pee breaks. That's not, or I, guess, I also hope they don't let a town burn. I don't maybe, know. Maybe <laughs> maybe their four day gambling binge got cut short by Toph being caught, and then so they're like, mm. all right, I guess we got to get out of here. Yes, yeah, because they they did plan in the schedule like you know a two week gambling binge, and it only was like a week long. So they're like, ah, oh, free time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that could, that could be. Maybe they, uh, yeah, because I feel like everything that they do always takes longer than what like we expect it to. Like they show up to the town and then they meet a puppet master who like controls blood bending. Like they didn't ex- they didn't have that in the schedule, but anyway, they make it four days early. That's the important part. Uh, and what's important here is that everyone else is exhausted, uh, except Aang. Aang is very nervous because uh, the invasion is in four days, and he really needs to uh, to get to get things uh, started here. 
he starts to like try to go to sleep and calm down and we get into a dream sequence now i don't know how much we should go into these dream sequences and like break them down beat by beat because they're honestly confusing zach maybe you have better notes than me but like, <laughs> let's see. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to break this down. So Aang tries to sleep, but he has this nightmare week where he confronts this like fat caricature of the Fire Lord. It's not exactly a one for one comparison to Ozai. But then no. it's revealed that Aang isn't wearing pants. So Ozai is like, where are your pants at? Even though Aang was wearing pants like two seconds earlier. <laughs> and then Aang looks down and sees that he has no pants on and his nightmare commences. Yeah. Uh, the, there are a few like fun, uh, like animation gimmicks that they do here. So uh, like, uh, he looks like Goku in this one. Um, yeah, what I, are, I don't I, know. I wrote, what is a, what is this Aang kingdom hearts ass outfit? Is what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that, that also seems pretty fair. Uh, seeing Goku here made me a little bit nervous because I know Kylan from big brother 23 was talking about being Goku all the time. Uh, really kind of triggering, honestly. Um, did either of you watch Dragon Ball Z? Is that something that you all f- uh-uh. are familiar Yeah, I watched I watched it episodically, actually, when Naomi was talking oh. about how she never watched anything episode by episode. I remember I'd wake up at lo- or I'd make sure I'd be up at 9 p.m. every night to watch Dragon Ball Z in order. Wow. wow Committed. Yeah, I, yeah. I, ne- I never really watched Dragon Ball Z. I just think it wasn't something that I, I thought I could get into. Um, but I also probably didn't really know where to watch it. Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of the shows that like, I've, I probably have seen every episode, but also like not in order. Like I'm very much the Naomi experience here. Um, anyway, so yep. Pulling in Naomi. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So that's Aang's first dream. He like wakes up and he like freaks out a little bit. And I like that. The first thing he does is he confirms that he has pants, which like isn't even necessary when you're sleeping. Like, I don't know about you all, but I don't sleep with pants on, especially not the pants he's wearing. Hey now. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to reveal my bedroom attire. Uh, okay, sorry. I, like, I'm not to intrude. Do you wear jeans to bed? Because that's the equivalent. <laughs> oh, okay. Th- this is a great question, though, because I had a friend who slept in jeans, and I don't want to call them out by name, but it's one of the most psychotic things I've ever heard in my life. And they stopped doing this, but like for a long time, every year. Or so I would check in with them and be like, "Are you still doing this? Because you should stop." Um, insane. So let's break this down. What's the reason <laughs> for doing that? Like, is it so they can wake up and be ready to go earlier? They're too lazy to take off their pants. I think they said that to them it was comfortable. Like, I, 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 I know, I know. Um, <laughs> no, I would never sleep in, um, in, in, I would never sleep in pants to begin with, even when it's like cold out. You're eventually going to warm up. Like, you don't need the pants on. Just add another blanket. Um, yeah. You know, it just it just seems wild that he's like concerned about it. It's like, all right, I don't, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, <laughs> anyway, he stands up. He decides he's like uh, he's going to get to training. So he decides uh, he's going to set off and train some more. Then we go into uh, Zuko. We get a lot of Zuko this episode. And pretty much his entire storyline is that uh, he's very sad that he has the thing that he's been wanting for two seasons. Um you know, I said that he's going on his Billy Eilish, Eilish journey. Like this really is him looking at his like uh, everything that he's wanted his whole time and then not being satisfied with it. Like, yeah, pop off. He just sings. You made me hate the city. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> He's about to have his happier than ever turn. Like in a few episodes when he defects the team avatar, that's when he has his like happier than ever uh, like turn and like in the music video. I'm not sure. Have you seen that music video, Zach? I got to listen to this Billie Eilish album just so I can get all of Jacob's <laughs> references because it's not the first time he's referenced. So between these two weeks from the, now to the next podcast, I'll listen to this Billie Eilish album. Uh, on my way to work one of these days, I'll listen to it. Oh Did you know God. I went and saw her in person and it was like everything, like it was just perfect. You uh, met her? So No, I just saw, I just like saw a concert. If I met her, oh. I would not stop talking about it. <laughs> This would have to become a Billie Eilish podcast. Like it would, it would literally have to pivot to that if you met her. Let's do it. Uh, special um, episode of Avatar where I just talk about Billie the whole time. Just kidding. Okay. I will not do that to you all. I I wrote in my notes about this little Zuko scene. I wish I could have my partner hand delivered to me on a little throne, um, like the little like thing that they carry him around mm-hmm. in like if i was dating someone who i didn't live with and like i was just like ah, i want to go visit them to have like a bunch of people just walk me over like that would rule um and then also may wants rose petals on her fruit tart which is an insane choice that's my notes on this episode Wait, why? It's rose just like- petals are taste like nothing that's not glamorous or tasty like no you don't rose. have to eat them but they look fancy yeah, okay, for, uh, number one rule of, of, not number one rule of cooking, but when you garnish something, it should be edible. You shouldn't garnish with inedible things. Like, well, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to garnish with like a hot wheel, but like they can still garnish <laughs> something that's like edible, but that you don't need to eat. But, but what if somebody does eat it? Rose petals are such a gross thing for her to say that she wants on her fruit tart. Um, but I do understand. I understand very deeply wanting just a fruit tart. Like that's a mood. I think I'm Team Naomi here. I don't want rose petals on my fruit tart. My inner fat kid is like, if it's not something I can just like munch on, then I don't want it. Right. This it's like insane. vegetables, but worse. Yeah. True. Wait, what vegetables you can? I am okay. That's why it's worse. You can't even eat them. <laughs> All right. Um, a fruit tart does sound really good. In fact, uh, like I looked if there's any fruit tarts that I could deliver to my house. I couldn't find one this morning, but I was really feeling in the mood for one. Uh, I had a question for you all. When like Zuko gets up, like he has all these servants that are like asking if they want things. If we had to rank them between fresh fruit, uh, washing your feet, a head <laughs> massage, and a hot towel, which one sounds the best? Oh. Is it head massage, they say? That is what they said, yeah. Oh, I, I wrote this down. I, I have them ranked and ready to go, but I don't want to influence your ranking, so I'll Okay, go here's the thing. Washing... It, it, out of this context, washing feet sounds great, but in the context, he's literally just standing there, so it's like, why do I want to wash my feet right now? I'm going somewhere. Like, when they, when they ask him, um, but I will say that, to me, um, fresh fruit is last. I can get fruit anytime. Then hot towel, foot wash, head massage. That is like, that's insane. I cannot believe that you put fresh fruit last. Like, well, I'm not vegan, Jacob. (laughs) I can eat more than fresh fruit. Mm. Just because, uh, just because you can get fresh fruit doesn't mean that you shouldn't appreciate it. Zach, what's your ranking? (laughs) What are the four things again? Fresh fruit, washing feet, head massage. 
hot towel. Fresh fruit last. Then, yeah. we'll go, <laughs> then we'll go head massage. Then we'll go, no, then we'll go wash and feet, head massage, hot towel. A hot towel just feels so nice. Oh, I don't know if you guys towel. ever received a hot towel. When I was an actor playing the prestigious role of refugee number three on Van Helsing, <laughs> af- after our set work, they'd give us hot towels. And it was so nice just wiping off all the makeup with hot towels. So that's what I would go with. I love how you built it up with prestigious role of refugee number three. That's Even more, that's more famous than Mike White was robbed has made me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's uh, true. Uh, okay. Oh, Here's the definitive ranking. I know everyone's excited. Washing feet <laughs> is last. That sounds gross. I don't want someone else touching my feet. And if they're just washing and not even rubbing, it's not even that nice. All right. <laughs> Next head massage. I get like, they can sometimes be nice, but ultimately I don't really want a head massage. But fresh fruit, I I can mess with some fresh fruit, especially if it's like, you know, a good pear, uh, a ripe banana. I love some fresh fruit. Hot towel is the best. Zach was correct. A hot towel is just so rejuvenating. It really does seem nice before you go outside. Just wipe off the hot towel. So there you go. That's the definitive ranking. Uh, anyway, Zuka only takes the hot towel. Uh, then he has like a whole fan club that's outside of his place. And like, he's going to walk between like his house and May's house, which is across the street. But like, is this fan club just paid off or like, do they not really care about him? Because like, they don't like, if they really were a fan club, they would like run alongside the people that are carrying him. But as soon as he leaves the area, they just like, don't care. Like none of them are waiting at May's house. They don't follow him. Like, they just are not that big of fans. Am I off here? No, I think you're a little off here because a woman sprints out of the crowd and then she instantly gets, like, escorted off. So I think if you get a little too close to Zuko, the guards will, like, make quick work of you. So I don't know. Hmm. I just but also, like they're, you, well, they're watching me. when he and May are, like, cuddling on the couch. He literally just, like, turns around and is like, guards. And, like, they're there. Like, they're <laughs> they're everywhere. I mean, the guards are definitely there. I just was surprised that like the fan clubs not following him to May's house or like some of them aren't waiting there. Like it just seemed weird that they wouldn't, uh, you know, camp out more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, you got to give the prince a space. I feel like if you were like harassing somebody who could shoot fire at you, you, you take it a little slow. That is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is, yeah. Especially like we know that the fire Nation's not very nice to people that are like defecting or get in trouble. So maybe like it's not worth the punishment if, uh, if all you're trying to do is like catch a quick glance. All right. Maybe I'm wrong here. Um, anyway. Yeah. So he goes, uh, to May's house. We switch back to team avatar and team, uh, team avatar is all waking up except for Aang. Aang is, uh, just punching a tree a lot. Uh, this reminded me of like the Shang Chi scene. Uh, I'm not sure if like you've seen it, but there's a scene where he literally is just like punching this uh, like branch, uh, or he's like punching this like wooden thing the whole time. Um, anyway, that sounds miserable. Uh, but he's been up the entire morning uh, just punching a tree. Uh, Katara tries to tell him that overtraining is a thing. He does not care. He punches the tree so hard that it sends a vibration through his entire body, which makes him fall. I really appreciate that animation trope, but ultimately Aang's like starting to fall apart here. He's really just going off the rails. Bro, uh, how I- the fuck did they sleep through him punching a tree? <laughs> True. He was pretty loud. You're right. Like that's that's a good point. I would have I would have fucking tied that motherfucker to a tree. Like, <laughs> even, like I, <laughs> you're gonna smack oh my god. Uh, that's wow. Thing. Like they 
really tolerant of Aang in this episode where I would not have had the patience for him. The minute he starts waking me up before like any like you know before like six o'clock, I would have like been like, all right, I'm tying you to the I'm I'm water bending you to the tree. I'm freezing you to this tree and I'll come get you in an hour. Like Wow. Naomi's uh quite protective of her sleep so i live next to a train and the train i'm sure like people might have heard this in their in the podcast at some points like the train like you can sometimes hear it in my house i feel like i can like always sleep through it once i'm asleep it never really bothers me so i don't know i feel like i might be able to sleep through someone punching in a tree like it can't be louder than a train yeah, I well, I don't know because like I also used to live nearish a train or like on a busy sort of street, and like it never really woke me up. But I think that with a with a train, it's like a low rumbling where he's like punching and he's shaking the whole like shebang. I don't know, like <laughs> I it just seemed very annoying, and like everybody looks very sleep deprived. Which I I have to say that the one thing I really liked about this episode and the animation style is is just the sleep deprivedness that we see on all the characters' faces in kind of different ways, and like it's a great sort of giving each mm-hmm. person their own little like you know ang has like the dark circles and and katara's just like her hair's all messed up for a while it's like yeah there there we go some great variants in sleep deprivation yeah the, yeah, show, the show does a good job with sleep deprivation in general even in the chase we saw mm-hmm. that episode everyone was sleep deprived and like katara's like eyeballs bulging out that image is always really resonates in my mind yeah yeah and toff's like the whole time is just like slumped over like uh like clearly quite tired um yeah anyway so then like uh you know ang's like super worried about this he's saying like uh oh you know i don't know any firebending and then Sokka points out like the best thing that he could which is saying like they're literally attacking during an eclipse so there's no firebending like how did ang not think about that i don't understand I think Aang is just too tired. He's just not thinking straight at this point. He's a little manic here. He's just not using his brain to the best of his ability. Because you're right, he should have instantly thought of that. That's the whole reason of their attack. They're attacking when firebending is in. Yeah, I have yeah. to say that what I really liked about this episode, like, is that even though it wasn't, it, it seems like a goofy story on the surface, but I do think that it's a great um, way to show that your main character, your hero is struggling and is struggling with the idea of being the hero. And I think it's like a great setup for the episode rather than being like, oh, we're fighting. We're having a great training day. Like, this is awesome. Like, we, we don't get him being like whiny. We get him just like freaking out and kind of being, he, he doesn't back away from the challenge. He's just like, I got to keep going. I can't like, I can't possibly lose this. Um, and I think it was a great character development episode for Aang, even though it feels like a throwaway. I don't think it actually is. Yeah, th- that is true. Like we do get a lot of Aang's character, like seeing the nerves, like we know from earlier seasons, like he didn't ever want to be the avatar. Like he has this re- responsibility thrust onto him. He still is just a kid, and ultimately, like, we've seen him training for two seasons, but I think this episode does a good job of showing, like, yeah, even though he's been training the whole time, he's still woefully unprepared, and he feels that. So I think you, uh, you know, you make a good point to bring it back to the actual character progression of it all, uh, yeah. rather than rather than the sleep deprivation of it. Um, <laughs> also, I love the line that, like, Sokka's saying, like, you don't need no fire bending, and he says, plus, it's a stupid element. Like, that's just such <laughs> a good argument. Like, you can't even argue with that. Like, boom, facts, done. Yeah, I love that, like, there's, <laughs> like, the idea of just being like, yeah, but, like, fire is stupid. What does it do? And it's like, 
like war and destruction and violence, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. Um, I love, I love Sokka so much. Like he was always the character I remembered being like, that's my favorite. I, even though Toph is kind of my favorite now, like Sokka always has the funniest fucking lines and you're just like, man, this guy this guy's hilarious when he falls asleep and he's like in the last episode when he fell asleep in the bed and he's just like off the bed you're like they really know how to make this character just an insane person at all times and i love him yeah they do lots of like quick jokes like even when he like lays down and he like immediately gets conked out and goes to sleep earlier in the episode like he's always like it's always quick to get a uh, fun little animation joke with him which i appreciate <laughs> Uh, anyway so then we don't see him training today he just kind of does his training he walks back and he's really tired and then he does the thing where he like says goodnight to each person, uh, like one by one. I'm pretty sure this is the show, The Brady Bunch. Can like, can anyone confirm that that's what happens? Like where everyone says goodnight to everyone. I I cannot confirm that. I think my skin shades are a little too dark to have been watching <laughs> The Brady Bunch. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I also didn't watch The Brady Bunch because I'm not sixty fucking years old. True um, that too. Oh, <laughs> I think so. I think like what made me laugh about this is like, I don't know if you guys were ever, I was this kid a lot where I'm like the last one up at the slumber party and I'm like still kind of chatting and all my friends are asleep. Like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of person I was. And so this was very relatable to me to being like, Hey, also I thought of this thing. And I was like, Naomi, shut the fuck up and go to bed. Like (laughs) this is not the time. Yeah, I feel like I would always be the person that's, like, talking, and then, like, eventually everyone else is asleep, and I realize, like, I say something, no one responds. I'm like, all right, everyone's in bed. Uh, but, Zach, you're absolutely on fire with your jokes. Like, that killed me, the joke you just made, plus your <laughs> Hama X joke last week. Like, <laughs> Honestly, I was proud of that Hama X joke. When I had that in my notes, I was like, damn, this is a good one. Like, <laughs> I don't usually pat myself on the back when I make a joke, but that one, I was like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so I don't know, like, uh, you know, if it's, like, not cool to listen to your own podcast, but I like this podcast, so of course I listen to it. So I was at work, and I knew, like, the joke that you made, but you said the Hama X thing, and I laughed out loud at work, and I knew the joke was coming. (laughs) And, like, people at work, like, so I, like, sit there, and I, like, always, I'm always listening to podcasts. And so, like, sometimes people will, like, come up to me, like, oh, what are you listening to? But then, like, sometimes just, like, laugh randomly on the desk, and they're, like, like what was funny this time. And it was like so niche of a joke that I couldn't possibly explain it to yeah. someone who's never like seen Avatar or anything. So I, no one else got to appreciate it, but I just want to let you know, Zach, that I'm still appreciating it this week as well. Oh, shucks. What Aww. a great friend Jacob is. Look at that. I, I said, I said to Jacob, underrated podcasting duo, Jacob and Zach. I'll also tell you, Zach, I texted Jacob this. I was listening to last week's episode, which was a lovely episode. Audrey is so funny. Um, and I was on a 6 a.m. flight. Uh, and I put in my headphones and I was like, great, I'm going to kind of fall asleep to this podcast. I'm going to catch up. And then when I wake up, I'll, I'll, you know, get back into it. And then within under 10 minutes, Jacob makes a period joke. And I was like, I'm turning this off. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that period joke really threw me off guard, not to make this whole episode about last week's podcast, but I was kind of shocked. That's where you went with the joke. (laughs) Look, not to, not to defend myself too much. But I was not inaccurate, and I've heard no yeah. complaints. So I'm going to go ahead and... and All right, let me just file a column. complaint really quickly. <laughs> All right, yes, please do. Uh, yeah, go in my Twitter DMs and then just, like, complain to me about it, and I'll, like, uh, I'll air it on the podcast. So yeah, go there ahead. You go. Um, anyway, uh, 
what we're discussing. Oh yeah. He says goodnight to everyone. <laughs> oh man. Um, what happens next? Oh yeah. He has, oh, another, he has another nightmare. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this one, I kind of uh, wrote down some stuff. He walks into the same room. Uh, this time he has all of his clothes on for sure. Uh, so much so that he has chains all all up and down his clothes to confirm that he has his clothes on. Uh, this time he's like saying, oh, I brought my pants. And Ozai's like, yeah, but you didn't prepare for your mathematics test. Uh, and then obviously Aang freaks out because he doesn't have his math test and he uh, he gets nervous. I have to ask, why is it always a math test? Like, it feels like math is always the thing that people are worried about. Like, I don't know. I feel like I was always freaking about the vocab tests. We get it, Jacob. You're fucking good at math. Leave us alone. (laughs) I work in finance. Fuck you, Jacob. I mean, (laughs) I actually, I actually come at Jacob with such heat. Sorry, that's just too funny. I I actually had gym class nightmares a lot of the time. Is what I have nightmares about. I have nightmares that I didn't bring my clothes to change into. That it's the wrong day. I go to the wrong class, and actually, I should be at gym. Like that's my nightmare. Okay, like that also makes sense. I feel like we just don't see that one portrayed as often. I feel like it's always math. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not relatable, Naomi. I'm sorry, sorry some of us sucked at math. (laughs) Yeah, I sucked ass at math, but I never had nightmares about math tests. Honestly, yeah, I just accepted that I sucked and I moved on. Yes, can I can I let you know the nightmare that I always have that's like about the school? It has nothing to do with the class, but it's that I go back and uh, I go to high school. And they're like, oh, we're so glad you're here. We're doing a production of Footloose. And for people that don't know, I was in Footloose when I was in high school. And I like played oh, the lead. You, you in my were in Footloose year. when you were in high school? Hell yeah. It was incredible. I'm making fun of you. I knew that. <laughs> anyway, other people didn't know this. Anyway, so I was in Footloose in high school. And I always have dreams that they're like, oh, we're so glad you're back. Like the person that was going to play the lead is out. So you can do it now. And I'm like, well. I don't know any of it. I haven't done this in years. And they just like expect me to learn it. And so like, I have to go backstage and like learn my lines right before I deliver them on stage. And then like, Oh my God, it's so stressful. That actually, that's that actually kind of happened to me when I was in middle school. I, um, when we were doing a a show called meet me in St. Louis and I was the general female understudy, but I didn't actually do anything because I was in eighth grade. And I was like, what's the worst that could happen? And then the lead of our show got sick. And my Uh-oh. teacher, like three days before the performance, was like, Naomi, you're going to do it. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like 13. I can't possibly be the lead in a musical right now. Um, and then I literally got out of all my classes on that like Friday, on that Thursday, Friday. Like they got gave me special permission. I would just go to my teacher's room and I would practice. And the art teacher made meet me and say louis like the character's a waitress so she put uh she made me a menu and put the entire script in the menu so if i ever needed to know what my line was i wish i kept i could i lost it right after the show but like i wish i kept this um i I could just refer to the menu but like yeah i did it and i did it for two freaking shows and like pulled it off but it was so terrifying i was so scared like the whole time that's an incredible story. Even better for your art teacher to come up with the idea to put the whole script in the menu. That is True. next level genius. Genius. I loved her. She was the, she, I, I don't know why I remember this. We, we did like a, a project where we had to like trace our face. And I just remember she was like, you have a lovely profile, Naomi. And I was like, 
nobody's ever said that to me before. That's a very nice compliment. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, what, what do you mean trace your profile? How so, do you trace your own face? So what she did is she, she traced our faces and then we had to like, it, we cut it out of black construction paper and then we put it on a piece of paper and then we had to like draw what was like, you know, inside our head or draw what was like, but really it was more just like, what is your, it, it was basically like a Tumblr blog on a piece of construction paper, right? Like, it, was like, it was like, oh, I really like Skittles and music and blah, 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 you know, and um, I probably have that somewhere in my parents' house. But yeah, it was like she, but she basically, I don't remember how she did it. Either we were against a wall or we were like, you know, she shined a light and made a silhouette, but she just traced like the sort of like profile of our faces and then cut, we cut it out of construction paper. Yeah. Cool. And I sorry, what, what's in your head all the time is Skittles. And what was the other thing? When Loving I was in, music. Seven, when I was in seventh music. grade, I was quirky. Um, oh yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So let's move on. Right. <laughs> Zach, what would be in your head in seventh grade? <laughs> Hmm. Basketball would be one for sure. <laughs> and then I don't know what would be the other. Okay. I mean, basketball, that's, that's a good one. You know, at that point you probably hadn't read all the basketball. Did books, you have a favorite you, musical you artist in, in seventh grade? Like, was there someone's music you were listening to all the time? You know what it was? It was probably Chameleonaire, who's a pretty <laughs> shitty rapper, but it was like Chameleonaire, like riding dirty and like ultimate victory. He had a couple of songs. I like, like hip hop police was a good song. He's not a good rapper at all. <laughs> But that's what I listened to in seventh grade. That's so funny. Wow. I think in seventh grade, that's when I was going through, like, the Bo Burnham phase I had. So I was, like, uh, listening to, like, all the Bo Burnham songs, thinking I was so edgy for, like, getting the jokes. I, is, I thought it was so funny. This is very upsetting to me being in 10th grade and also going through that phase at the same time. Uh, well, we were probably the same age. You're pretty old. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> 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 Uh, all your listeners, wait till wait till your listeners over the age of twenty six uh, hear that one. They're gonna love that. Um, well, they don't know how old you are. You could be like fifty. I'm Aren't over, you fifty? I'm twenty six. <laughs> I'm twenty six oh. years old. My um, bad. Sorry. Sorry to all of our uh, going like, on 50. reasonably aged, reasonably aged listeners. You're not old yet. Don't worry. Um. Anyway. Uh okay, so then he forgot the math test. That where is that where we were? Yes, yes. He forgets right. the math test and he wakes up in the middle of the night and starts training. Yes. Uh yep, yeah, at least he's consistent. Uh and then Katara like makes a real uh a real pitch to him. He says, uh or she says, Aang, please sleep for me. And I really thought that that would have uh that would have been able to, you know, pacify him a bit, but even Katara's affection is not able to pass by him. It must be quite bad. Yeah, and by now he looks like full-on manic. He's got like huge bags under his eyes, veins popping out of his mm. eyes. He just looks very off-kilter. Well, as someone who perpetually has bags under his eyes, like I don't really love this portrayal because like, I'm not tired all the time, but people do ask me if I'm tired all the time. And like, at yeah. one point, like I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and like people were asking at work, like, are you okay? Like, you just look bad. And I was like, that's so offensive. Like, why would you say that? <laughs> but it's because I have these stupid bags under my eyes. So I don't know. I, I just feel like we should normalize it. Don't point it out. See, I'm the opposite. I always have bags under my eyes and I am always tired. So <laughs> I'm just used to it at this point. People come right. to me, they're like, oh, you look like shit. And I'm just like, yep. That's how I usually look. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no. Uh, I like that your response is, yep. <laughs> You're just like, uh-huh. That, that sounds about right to me. Yep. Um, 
Anyway, all right. So now we go back to uh, to Zuko and May. Zuko and May are chilling on the couch. Uh, this is when we get the the fancy fruit tart with rose petals on top. Um, uh, anyway, here's my other note from the scene. If anyone ever orders for me and says for the lady, I will strangle them to death myself. <laughs> Fair, yeah. What a Please horrible don't order. Ugh. Yeah, Zuko don't like, order for me like that either. <laughs> for the gentleman no it's like there's something so horrendous about like people who order for you like that it's just like do you like why why are you treating me like a toddler like this is this is horrific don't do that oh to be clear i would love if someone ordered for me if someone just like talks to the person so that i don't have to say like oh yeah and like oh do you want this or this like i don't really care like just just order for me like that's fine but I don't appreciate the like patronizing, like oh, we'll have this for the lady. Like that just that feels a little much. Yes, I, I mean, I th- I do think this the relationship between Zuko and and May is really funny because there is like this early on like sort of patronizing. They're just taking advantage of the guards and like you know they they get waited on hand and foot. But it is funny how quickly like Zuko shifts away from this. We're gonna get there, but like when May is like, do you want to go like make them run around in the pal- palanquin and like drag us everywhere? And Zuko's like, oh no, and it's like, were they doing that for fun earlier? Like was he that much of like a little like prick that like he was doing that <laughs> there, i am 100 percent certain that may would just be like hey i need for you to get me here and it's like okay great now bring me back and it's like oh i thought you wanted to go here it's like no i just wanted you to take me like may is like the like stuck up like bored rich person that has like no like yeah nothing going on so she's like bosses people around so Anyway, but before we get there, we get May accident, uh, maybe accidentally, maybe it's on purpose, not sure, but letting it slip that there's like an all day war meeting coming up and Zuko really freaks out. Uh, he really feels like he wasn't invited, that he wasn't, uh, like he's not being included. And I feel bad for him. But honestly, if people want to leave me out of meetings at work, please go ahead. <laughs> uh, like if I didn't get an invite to a meeting, I'm sending a thank you card. Uh, I'm not getting upset about it. So I don't know. I can't relate to Zuko here. And especially like the all day war meeting. I love that May is like, oh, like that doesn't sound fun. Or like, it's like, it's war, May. It's not fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I think they're just so used to perpetually being in war, considering this war's lasted a hundred years. People are just like in the fire, especially like the fire nation, like royalty and bourgeoisie. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, war, it doesn't affect us. We don't care. We're winning the war. So what is it good for? I thought the same thing. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So then Zuko's all upset that he's not invited. Then we get another scene, which at first like kind of confused me a bit. Uh, I've seen this episode before, but even saw this week, I was like, wait, what's happening? Uh, because like Aang is laying there and Ozai, uh, like as actual Ozai, not like a caricature of him. He's like, Aang, wake up. You overslept. You missed the invasion. And he's like <laughs> taunting him. Uh, then Aang like uh, pops awake. He wakes up Sokka. Uh, and he wakes him up by pulling on his eye. Uh, like, there is no need that you need to touch someone's face to wake them up. That is that is a bridge too far. You skipped over one of the best parts. So Ozai oh. flies away on a fire-breathing hippo cow. <laughs> yeah. Which was like the weirdest animal for him to be flying away on. Just a cow hippo. Yeah, I actually I had my notes. I guess I got it out of order. Have you seen the movie Okja? It's on Netflix. I know what it is because they filmed it here, but I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, have I seen Okja? It's it's a little bit creepy. Uh, some great vegan propaganda, honestly. 
but uh the the flying cow that he like uh rides away on the like hippo looking cow was exactly like what it looks like in okja except that it's like you know it, they try to make it more realistic in the movie but like they look like very very similar um anyway so ang like freaks out uh and he's like i need to know what day it is and toff's like it's two days before the invasion and she's so done with him at this point uh, and Aang has a bunch of things that he needs everyone to do because in his dreams last night, there are a bunch of things that went wrong. So he wants everyone to fix them. So for Sokka, he needs to uh, climb some rocks uh, to show that he can climb a cliff. Uh, so then he makes him climb a cliff that is about 200 feet high. Uh, <laughs> for Toph, she can't drink any water because in the, uh, in the like invasion, she had to go to the bathroom. And Katara has to put her hair up because she was caught in a train. Uh, and so she can't wear her hair down. Uh, yeah, really demanding from Aang here. True, Not but I, I, have a, I have a question. How is Aang having all these dreams? That means he's getting some sleep. Because to have a dream, you have to be in REM sleep. You have to be in, like, deep sleep. So I feel like he's getting some sleep here. I'm surprised he's right. as tired as he is. I uh, Yeah. he Aang, like... Aang is basically like being like, oh, I'm not going to sleep at all. And then sleeps for like, it's like your friend in college who's like, oh my God, I got like no sleep last night. And they like actually just got a full eight hours. And you're like, honestly, you're just kind of being dramatic. And I wish that we didn't hang out so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded like oddly personal. Did that happen? Yeah. Me? I don't know. Can I've you, been out of, can you I've been them out of college so long. I'm so old. I couldn't possibly remember. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. So. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so that, that is a good point. I think potentially maybe he had a dream that was just like a montage of all the ways it could go wrong. Like, mm. you know, potentially it wasn't like three different dreams or something, but yeah, I, I didn't even really know about this rim thing. So I like Zach coming with the receipts on, on dreams. Do you not know about REM sleep? Well, I didn't know that you only dream when you're in REM sleep. Yeah. That's what REM Wait, sleep so is. Does that mean... That your dream, wait, okay, so REM <laughs> sleep is like, it's like a cycle, right? So you're only in REM for like a portion of that cycle. And like, how does anyone know how long it is? Isn't it four hours? It's. I it's think it's like four to six, something yeah. like that. Because wait, one because cycle is four that, to six hours? I thought it was 90 minutes. No, the way that your body works is that it, it, it sleeps in sort of increments of four hours. And that's why people suggest um, like... You know, if you're going to get a certain amount of hours, maybe it's better to get four or eight rather than getting like five. But uh, sleep is sleep to me. Wait, but yeah, you're saying probably- I should sleep. You're saying I should sleep for four hours instead of like six? No, I mean I don't. I don't like fully agree with that. But there's something about like the way that your your body's sort of rhythm works that like four hours makes you feel like you've gotten the full cycle versus like six. Okay, but this is this is my more important question. So if your rim, like if the rim part is only like uh, like an hour of the night or something, then does that mean that your dream only lasts one hour and that like I just think that it happened the whole time? Are you reading somewhere that it says that it only lasts an hour? Well, I'm looking at this little thing and it looks like there's like four and then eight hour sleep cycle. There's like four small stages of rim. No, like none are more longer than an hour. We need like a dream expert on the podcast. We'll just have him on and interview him because this is going a little over my head. I don't know if I can explain. Yeah, you know, that. I didn't go to school for science, so I couldn't tell you. I didn't go I to school. I have so at many questions. Period, so. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I literally have so, so many questions, but I guess uh, we can answer them not on the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I will look at that later this afternoon. Uh, anyway, so Aang realizes he is like, uh, you know, falling apart a little bit. Like Katar really uh, like tries to get him to realize like, hey, you're going off the rails here. Um, anyway, yeah. There's there's not a ton here uh, in this scene, Zach. Do you have any uh, other notes uh, before we get to the yoga? I like Sokka saying, "Like, of course you're stressed out. You got to fight the bad Fire Lord, the baddest man on the planet, and you better win, or we're all done for." <laughs> like, <laughs> like the delivery on that line was really good by Jack to say. Yeah, yeah I feel like you really missed the assignment here. He didn't realize that uh, it's actually going to like cause him to be more stressed by quite a lot. Uh, so yeah. Um, anyway, then Katara decides to try to help him, uh, you know, a bit, tries to get his mind back in the, the right place. So they do some yoga. Um, she seems like a pretty good yoga instructor. She seems calm. She's like, you know. All right. You know, I got to, we got to talk about this scene. We got to yeah, talk go about ahead. this. First of all, you guys ever do yoga? I've been dragged to yoga a few times. Mm-hmm. I've never done yoga. I don't think maybe once. Yeah. But- Yoga is okay. I, you know, I, I like yoga, but it always makes me very sleepy. Um, but but uh, here's here's what I say in my notes. Katara said, let me de-stress Aang by wearing undies. Because holy cow, she's just in this white little outfit. Um, Katara, Katara knew what she was doing. The, the, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's take a step back. <laughs> You're saying that Katara had to wear more clothes to not arouse Aang. No, I'm jo- no, she changed into this little white number, and that was like, wow, <laughs> what is going on? No, I'm just joking. I mean, I think oh, th- this was not the intention of the scene, but it did make me laugh that it was like cut to Katara in kind of her underwear. And it was like, I mean, whoa, 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 okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. Th- that's one way to de-stressify. <laughs> as, we, as we can tell, then immediately Aang fixed about some other things. Oh, oh, yeah, All right. Uh, didn't expect that joke on the podcast. Um, this is this is a cap. This is a go to horny jail episode for sure. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Oh, and um, definitely going to be locked up in horny jail with a life sentence <laughs> after when once we get to that scene for sure. Correct. Correct. No parole. Uh, anyway, so Aang, like this, the yoga ultimately doesn't work because uh, they're doing the yoga in the heat. Uh, the heat is warm, warm is fire. And so therefore, boom, Aang's back in the stress. He feels like the fire lord's going to shoot fireballs at him. Uh, like you probably could have seen this coming. You could have done this like next to the ocean, like no reason to do it in, in the heat. Uh, the next attempt that we get is Sokka. Sokka in his full Wang fire outfit decides to uh, do some therapy. Uh, he has Aang laying on the koala sheet, which is just a beautiful place to be laying down. And uh, Sokka's trying to go through the motions, tell him about like uh, what's going on. Uh, I actually feel like this could have been a good idea. Uh, yeah, how would you feel if uh, Wang Fire was your therapist, Zach? Uh, I think all therapy's a joke. I don't think it really works, honestly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I, I, I never ha- I've never had a good therapist. Maybe the ones I go to just aren't good, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like just like a real therapist, Sokka kind of gives him nothing here and doesn't find the root cause of the problem or anything. <laughs> well, thank God we're not sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, <laughs> yikes. Oy vey. Yeah. Well, shout, out, shout out to my girl, Pat. Pat and I have been 
seen each other for like five years. Uh, okay. And uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's. Like, <laughs> I think it's it's different for everyone, but I do think that Saka, yeah, is not asking the right questions or getting Ang to actually think about what is troubling him. He's just like, so how does that make you feel? It's like, we get it. We get it. You're like Freud ripoff. We understand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sokka's, like, just going through the motions. But I feel like if you gave him some proper training, he might be able to do it. You know, he can he can listen to some really serious problems and then, uh, you know, have some comedy. He had a great technique of screaming into a koala sheep. Like, I actually feel like Sokka would not be a terrible therapist. I do love screaming into a pillow, I have to say. When you're, like, stressed and you're upset, like, just fucking scream. Like, go nuts. Yeah, I used to punch pillows. Uh, like I would like put a pillow on my bed, and I was just like, uh, 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 and I'd get like all my anger out. It really works. Um, no, How old I mean, were no you? need for the face. Like nine or something. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, um, I was gonna say any anything older than that feels a little like <laughs> like okay. What if yeah. I said like twenty two? What if I was like, that oh, this that, was like that, last I would year. Have been troubling. That, I mean, yeah. hey, the pandemic was hard. Maybe I should have punched some pillows. Um, yeah instead i just play video games which also helps uh anyway yeah so then he does this uh i think i'm gonna skip the azula and uh, zuko scene just for a second to talk about Toph's strategy uh to make him feel better Toph uh wants to give him like a full-on like deep tissue massage um he like is on a bunch of these pillars the pillars are all like disconnected and they're all like you know, a bunch of different earth things. So then Aang uh, is able to lay on the pillars. Toph is, uh, you know, jumping around on him, causing them to go uh, and uh, like essentially like push different parts of his body. This looked like the best idea, uh, in my opinion. I feel like this would have been nice. She should have just not had the pillars that are on his head also move because that probably caused head trauma. But I feel like this would be nice for your back. So yeah, I, I I'm surprised this didn't work. I kind of wanted to try this. I mean, I got a massage from a friend and she was super cool. She's like a massage therapist. But the issue was she was kind of like too weak to get into the spots that I really needed. Mm. So then I was mm-hmm. like, damn, now I realize why you need like an older, like strong Russian woman to be giving you a massage. Oh, yeah. I've like fallen asleep on massage tables before. Like they just when when the, when the mood is right, you're just I'm out. I'm out like a light. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I really feel like you do need someone who can, like, get in there, really dig deep. And I feel like if you have Toph, like, with her earthbending, like, that's just gonna, that's just gonna set you free. So I'm surprised it didn't work. Uh, but then Toph has another great idea where she gets one of the porcupines, which we've actually seen before when, uh, when the porcupine fought Appa, um, mm-hmm. like, earlier in Appa's Lost Days. But we see a little baby one, uh, and Toph wants to try acupuncture. Uh, which causes Aang to run away as quickly as possible. I thought this was this was pretty funny. Um, as a kid, acupuncture was like one of the scariest things in the world. I don't know why. Yeah. My mom would go and get it. And when she told me what would happen, I would be like, oh my God, that's so scary. She's like, do you want to go with me one time? And I was like, no. And I'd like cry, like not wanting to go <laughs> at all. It just sounds terrifying. My acupuncture thing is, I remember I used to watch, you guys remember the show Thousand Ways to Die that used to come on Yes, There was a lady who was getting acupuncture done. She was like a texting addict. And then she was reaching for her phone and then she fell and then all the needles went into her and she died. And I was like, I never want to get acupuncture again. (laughs) I never want to get acupuncture after seeing that. So yeah, why the fuck was I watching that show as a kid? I know, me too. Why was I watching that as a kid? Honestly, probably effed me up a little Mm. bit. 
it came on so late that it was like easy to watch it because like i feel like if my parents saw me watching it they'd be like turn that off but like they were already in bed by that point so i was watching it and like that messed me up that caused many nightmares and daydreams did you ever watch um the show that was like greatest warrior where they were just like have like two different historical like fighters yeah be, like, okay so like a yakuza yeah. would use like a an ak-47 so like they'd probably win like things like that <laughs> yeah well and didn't they like simulate the fights at the end yeah, yeah absolutely loved it yeah although they always said uh yeah my friends and i would always joke because every single episode they would say like oh that causes a severe laceration they loved the word laceration like more than anything I've ever seen in my life. Like in the night episode, I remember they just said it like 20 times and like we would joke about it for years afterwards. That show was honestly a two pack of ass, but I enjoyed it as what? a kid. <laughs> a two no pack way. of ass? Well, it's like I feel like it hasn't aged well. Like if you try watching it now, it would not be good. That's just no. my opinion. No, not at all. They should bring it back. It's a great idea. It is a good idea, but I just feel like with their modern, like, they always had these, like, weird technological sequences that never look yeah. good. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like they should bring it back, but then they should also do, like, MCU edition and, like, have, like, things fight, like, have, like, uh, I don't know, like, a wizard fight the Hulk. Yeah, I want one that's like, hey, so if Iron Man actually crashed into a building in this suit, his skull would explode. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh anyway uh before we got the talk we got some ang or sorry we got some azula and zuko talking uh azula is like laying in what looks to be like the nicest spot of all time it's also only made for one person like max like there's only one place to go so like it's only made for her so this is like luxury treatment i don't know here's the thing have you ever like i don't know if this happens for men but when you get like a woman's haircut and they wash your hair you have to sit in this fucking chair when they wash your hair and you're you're leaning your neck on like a ceramic bowl and it just hurts so bad. And I was looking at this and I was like, this does not feel comfortable to me. This feels like when I go get my hair washed at a hair salon before I get my hair cut. Like it feels Wait. like they're going to break my neck. I don't feel like the bowl hurts to put your head on. I feel like oh, it you're hurts just so like bad. I feel like you're just not positioned right. Maybe it's like not the right height for you or something. Cause like, I feel like it's pretty comfortable. I mean, do you have like do, it like you caresses your neck? No, it like digs into the back. Maybe I just have a big ass head. Like it just digs <laughs> into the back of my neck, and like I feel like it could like snap at any moment. I don't know. Oh my, yeah, you're not doing that one right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, I don't think that you're doing it right. Uh, I'll go get a haircut looks- soon and let you know. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, please do like let me know. Like, oh yeah, I just had to readjust, and it's actually uh, like magically comfortable. I don't um, think it's gonna be that. All right. Well, Azula looks plenty comfortable uh, where she is here. Uh, Zuko starts telling her about the war meeting. Like, oh, I'm not welcome. Azula's like, yeah, of course you are. And then uh, Zuko's upset because he doesn't feel included. Blah blah blah. Um, anyway, like Zula says, yeah, of course you're invited. Uh, you can go. Uh, Zuko storms off, says he's not going. <laughs> this is really childish from Zuko. Uh, like, real, I don't know, real petulant child energy. Yeah, Azula exactly. tells him yeah. to stop acting like a paranoid child, and then he just acts like a paranoid child right away. <laughs> he's like, forget it, I'm not going. Like, what a baby. Just come yeah, on, he- be a man, just go to the damn meeting. Yeah, like, literally the thing you could do to prove your uh, jerk sister right is to go to the meeting and actually, like, be good in the meeting. Exactly, yes. yeah. 
Yes. Uh, and then the next scene that we get uh, with Zuko is Zuko's all upset about this. May's like, look, it's just a meeting. Like, get over it. Uh, and then she says, why would you even want to go? Just think about how things went to the last meeting you went to, which has to be a touchy subject for Zuko, who got burnt the last time he was at a meeting. Like, he literally got banished as a result of being at the last meeting. So Surprisingly, he takes that well. He's just like, yeah, I know. He's not, like, angry or anything like that at her for bringing it up. Yeah, it actually feels very much, like, out of Zuko's character. Like, I feel like Zuko would, like, erupt and be like, don't mention that to me. Or be like, don't you know I remember? Something like that. And said he says, like, I know. And he gets all resigned. But I feel like that's also, like, an evolution of, of Zuko, right? Like, over time, he softens. And over time, he becomes less... You know, he's still kind of a petulant brat in a lot of ways. But he he starts to, like, understand that, like, you know, the shame that he feels is actually, like, people being really fucked up to him. Like, and it's not his fault, necessarily, for being treated that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of get that. I just feel like... uh like at this point he just feels like he's still very angry mm-hmm. um and that he hasn't had that heel turn yet but maybe maybe he's like further along than i'm giving him credit for uh the next scene we get is we're back with team avatar everyone's so excited that they've uh, helped him out and ang says uh or katara asks if he's ready to go to bed and i quoted this line because i thought it was hilarious <laughs> he says uh i kind of think i sort of might slightly feel a little better maybe the most non-answer he could have possibly given (laughs) yeah uh that is uh i believe it was like eight qualifiers uh in one sentence that's pretty impressive Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i think that's what i'm gonna say next time i don't want to do something and someone asks me to do it i'm just gonna be like yeah i kind of think i sort of might slightly want to go maybe uh (laughs) boom that like people would get the hint people would be so annoyed with you that they just wouldn't want to bring you anymore And that would be a win for me. So there we go. Um, Anyway, then we get the most weird dream. And Zach, I hope you took notes here because I was just so confused with what was going on. I took notes, Uh, but it's bear with me here. My notes are a little all over the place. So Appa is firstly, Aang is flying on Appa through a thunderstorm while like a giant Momo is attacking. Then he gets like transported to a bunch of different spots in the Fire Nation palace. It's like when you're having a dream and all of a sudden it like turns into a different location. I think that's Mm -hmm. what's happening to Aang here. Then he hears like a distorted voice and sees like a Toph with no eyes, which I don't know why that scares him but a top with no eyes then Sokka gets trapped in like a cave of mud that encases him and then meanwhile Katara's like watching everything burn and she gets surrounded by flames as Aang reaches out to save Katara he gets frozen in ice while a silhouette of Ozai appears made out of flames laughing at him then he falls to the bottom of the ocean and sees a shirtless Zuko on the other side of ice and then, meanwhile, Sozin's comet is flying, and then you see the giant Momo once again shushing him while the meteor hits and everything burns. And that's the end of his dream, which prompts him to wake up screaming. Zach, you had plenty of notes. That was wow. uh, that was perfect. So thank you for that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I take my notes. I mean, you usually do the episode recap, but I take my notes. So there we go. <laughs> well, my notes there were unhinged, so I'm glad that I did not have to give that recap. What, what are uh, your notes? What are your notes? Uh, Toph has no eyes. Isn't she the best person to not have eyes? Doesn't seem that bad. 
uh, which is true. Oh my God. Sokka, get, Sokka gets stuck in oil. Katara's there. Katara's not there. Uh, Aang is in water. Ozai is fire. Uh, Momo says, shush. I missed like four or five things in there. I didn't do a good job. Momo says, shush. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this, this one was like the weird dream. This is like the type of dream that like if someone was telling you about it, you'd just be like, okay, and like sometimes when people are telling you your dreams, it's just so hard to understand what on earth they're possibly saying. Yeah. Uh, and this feels like very much like one of those. If Aang came to me and told me about the stream, I'd be like, dude, you gotta you gotta not eat before bed or something, man. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> this dream is just way too unhinged. But honestly, I feel like I have to call out like Toph, Katara, and Sokka for a second. I feel like if Aang is not has not slept for like three days, he something is going on with this man, and you need to like like have the intervention sooner because he is unhinged and like they're mm-hmm. just like oh i don't know he's being weird it's like no 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 no. you guys are not paying close enough attention to this young man who is crumbling under the pressure of having to save the entire world like that's yeah, true. And, that's a good and point. it seems it seems like they don't really get it because they're just like oh like we can help you out and it's like no like this is like a pretty big deal uh and like yes ang is not dealing with it very well but like it does seem like they should be able to at least sympathize with like oh yeah he's dealing with like actual important things right yeah i have a question um, for you guys you guys ever have a yeah. nightmare that made you wake up screaming cuz when i would dream about wishbone and he'd be like eating me alive i'd wake up like screaming every time i'd wake up my whole family I'm not sure that I ever woke up screaming. Like usually when I wake up uh, and it's like a nightmare, I'll like pop awake. Whereas like most of the time when I wake up, I just like lay there for a bit. Um, But I don't think I've ever like woken up screaming. Naomi, what about you? I've never woken up. I I sometimes have the dreams where like you feel like you're falling and you wake up and you're like, (gasps) but like I've never like had it that bad. I did have actually a nightmare the other night where um my tooth fell out i had a i had a dream that like so i have two fake teeth and i had a dream that the two fake teeth that i have like were were out of my face and like i, I couldn't put them back and i lost them and that was pretty scary i like woke up and immediately was like <gasps> like they're fine they're there don't worry guys but it was very scary yeah that does sound pretty scary although again not to say anything like you know offensive or anything but if you lost your fake teeth that would be better than other people losing any of their other teeth like same thing with Toph and her eyes like if she already can't see it's better for her to lose her eyes like if they're if they're already like replacement teeth it's better for you to lose your teeth yeah but I already lost the teeth that's the thing I already (laughs) went through it (laughs) I mean look I agree I'm just saying Jacob just wants Naomi to suffer more yeah. No, 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 not one bit. Not one <laughs> I know, bit. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I would never. Uh, anyway, so then Aang is really just going going off the rails here. Uh, Katara comes up for him, like, trying to care for him. Uh, and Aang starts to have this realization. Uh, he says he's realized some big things. Uh, and then he says that uh, he understands why he's doing this, why he's trying to save the world. Because uh, he's doing it for the people he loves. He professes his love for Katara, uh, then kisses her, uh, then they both kiss. Uh, she, like, or he, like, pulls him, or he pulls her into a, like, I don't know. Embrace? Romantic, I don't know. Yeah, romantic embrace. 
Uh, and he says, baby, you're my forever girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bonk, and then, uh, go to horny jail. This is the moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because uh, Katara is like standing there and is saying like, hey, uh, I was saying you should take a nap. He realizes it was a daydream. And uh, yeah, he he thankfully gets off the hook for this one because he does some pretty pretty bad stuff. Yeah, at least it was all a daydream, so it's not the worst, I suppose. Are are you saying that it's, like, it's bad to, like, kiss someone in your dreams? No, I'm saying it's bad to, like, put her in that spot and saying, like, I'm saving the world for you, professes love, and then immediately kiss her. Like, I feel like you have to, like, do that and then give her a moment to process it. Uh, Like, I don't know. This is not the time to, like, profess your love. I, yeah, I get that. I mean, but like, if if not when, you know, like, what if they die in battle? Like, might as well. Then write a note or something. Like, it just it seems very selfish to say it here, but it's fine. The even worst part is that he's like saying, "Baby, you're my forever girl." That was Ooh, the cringiest. Yeah, that part. was like, oh here. <laughs> anyway, another, he. Oh, go on. I was gonna say another thing that if somebody said to me, I would strangle them to death. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Uh, but he does say uh, he or he like comes up with a good excuse. He says that he was uh, dreaming about living underwater, uh, which is so confusing that Katara doesn't even ask any other questions and moves right on. So that was a yeah. Good shout out, shout out to the Jonas Brothers. Shout out to the year three thousand. Not much has changed, <laughs> but we live underwater. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what Aang was uh, envisioning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we go back to Zuko. He's at the palace with May. By the way, he stays in May's house quite a lot, uh, but I guess good for him. Anyway, he's at May's house, uh, and one of the people comes in, and they're like, hey, everyone's waiting on you. Uh, and the person explains that everyone else is there. You're the only one who's missing. And that The Fire Lord is not going to start the meeting until you're there. Zuko genuinely looks happy, and this made me feel really happy for him, even though I know it's not going to last, but good for him. Good for Zuko, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, then uh, Aang decides he's going to, I guess, like, roleplay the fight, get ready for it. So he uh, gets ready to fight the Fire Lord Ozai. Uh, He is doing this by putting the macaroni uh, noodle picture that he made in firebending school or fire nation school. Sorry. He puts the fire nation school on a tree uh, with a nice little target underneath. I thought this was a great way to get ready. Uh, Yeah. I I was really liking this dummy uh, that they had to fight. Well, something I was surprised that they didn't talk about a lot in in this moment was that Aang was like clearly missing and, and, and was sort of not hitting this target because he wasn't, he wasn't getting enough sleep. And I feel like that could have been a good lesson of like, listen, Aang, like you can over prepare all you want, but if you're tired for the big moment, then like you're going to fuck it up. But yeah. they didn't talk about that. Yeah. I, I very much agree. Uh, and then yeah, like how he, he blames it on the fact that Ozai's defenses are impeccable is what he says, <laughs> even though it's just the fact that he has worse aim than any stormtrooper. And like, it was just terrible. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then uh, we go really off the rails here. Uh, it just goes downhill quick because uh, Aang like, starts to freak out a little bit. And we hear a voice from off the screen, uh, like a nice little high-pitched voice that says something like, oh, you're really starting to lose it. And then uh, Momo, or Aang's like, Momo, did you hear that? And we hear the voice again said, no, but I said something. 
he says, you, my friend, are just a few plums short of a fruit pie, which is a fantastic insult. Uh, and this is when we really go off the rails. Zach, what do you think when Momo started speaking? Yeah, that was wild. I mean, I remember when I first watched this episode, this became my favorite part because then Appa comes in. Well, first Aang tries to talk lemur to Momo and the gang confronts him and they're like, okay, we're worried now. Then Appa comes in alongside the gang. He's like, you can't go on like this. You've got to take care of yourself. And I just love like Appa's voice there. (laughs) It's just too funny. Yeah. The funniest part is I was like, oh, I wonder who's voicing Appa. And then it like turns out they were Momo and Appa are voiced by D. Bradley Baker in this scene, which just was so funny to me. Like him fighting himself. I love it. Yeah. Like in the studio, you can imagine that he's literally talking to himself, like doing both sides of the conversation, just having a great time. Momo uh, kind of felt yeah. like um, Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch in this moment, which I kind of loved. And I wish we, I wish Momo could talk the whole show. Well, okay. That's what I was going to say. So in one episode in the storm, uh, like back in season one, uh, Sokka says that Momo was talking to him when he felt really sick. And he said that, uh, that Sokka said some, th- or Momo said some very unkind things is what he says in the episode. It seems like Momo is pretty mean in this episode too. Is there a chance that this actually is Momo speaking and that Sokka really did hear Momo and Momo is just disrespectful? Mm, I don't know. I feel like Momo's not that wouldn't be that disrespectful. I feel like from what we see of Momo actually interacting with people and like other mm-hmm. animals seems like a pretty kind animal. So he gets in the fight with that hawk, that war hawk a few episodes ago. True, true, true. But he did befriend those like jungle cats or whatever in the mm-hmm. city in Tales of Bossing City. Yeah. I All mean, right. I think it is rude to like hide that you can talk the whole time. There's been other shows that have that <laughs> reveal, right? Like, can't remember, but I feel like there was one that was like, you can talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's like a common thing that would, that would pop up. Um, animals who could talk the whole time. Google. <laughs> uh, while Naomi's looking at that up, Zach, can you give me your best lemur uh, impression that Aang does? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great podcasting, just making like gibberish sounds into my microphone. <laughs> I cannot wait to listen to that at two. Jacob, X. can you do uh, can you do an Oppa impression? The Oppa impression, like have his voice. Zach did such a good job. I feel like I'm more just like to just do like the the sounds Momo. he makes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. See, I knew I knew you could do it, buddy. Good job. Thanks. I like that you believe in me. Uh, do we find any other animals that could talk the whole time? Are you thinking of the no, Six Sense by chance? No, I don't know what okay. I'm thinking of, but I feel like there's been like a reveal in either like a cartoon or like a show that's like the animal could talk the whole time, but I can't think of what it is right okay. now. Well, that was their dead the whole time. I didn't know if that you're mixing your. your I know the stuff. sixth sense. Like, I've actually never seen the sixth sense. So. Dang. Actually, I've never okay. seen it either. That's massive, things- massive spoiler then. My bad. No, I, I, I know the spoiler. Bruce Willis is dead. Blah, blah, blah. Well, warning, last spoiler for the sixth sense. Um, no, that's one of those movies like, like you know, the thing that you know the most about, but like have never seen. I think Sixth Sense is up there for me. It's like I've never seen the Sixth Sense, but I know so much about it. Inception, also, I've never seen Inception, but I know so yeah. much about it. I, I I saw a TikTok recently that said if you get the cultural references, you don't actually need to watch the movie. 
and that like it does seem like there are some movies like the sixth sense like the dead the whole time thing like i get nothing else out of having actually watched that movie like no nothing else will ever come up like it'll never be useful like i already i've got it um so it does seem like yeah if you get the cultural references you're fine um i'm trying to think what my movie is that i know a lot about but i've never seen i've never seen a james bond movie but i'm very excited to go see the most recent one because there's a billy eilish song at the end <laughs> i thought it's at the beginning the billy eilish song oh i haven't seen it so i don't oh, know is it yet. is it the song then it would be well, yeah the beginning. Yeah, then it's at oh. the beginning. Because bond, Bonds always have like the cinematic, like introductory scenes. Yeah, big with, opening like, music sequence. Playing. Yeah, big opening. Oh, oh and they played that never... song during yeah, the. Yeah, like you know the Skyfall song by Adele? Like imagine like I've the big it. opening credits of the movie are scored to that song. So if the Billie Eilish song is. Really? He's going to be right in the opening. So you could leave the theater like right after. Yeah. Well, no, because really? I bet they play it at the end in the credits too, right? Yeah, but you could just like listen to it on Spotify, I guess. You know, like. No, I'm gonna, I'm going to no, I'm going to go see it in Dolby so that it's like surround sound so it sounds better. All right, all right, have fun. <laughs> um, oh. Okay, that was a little patronizing, honestly. I am. <laughs> uh, all right, I think uh, Naomi and I need to fight like Appa and Momo are about to. Uh, <laughs> Momo and Appa, they get into this massive fight uh, with each other where they're like. Uh, you know, arguing about Aang and then it like starts getting all, uh, you know, personal. Yeah. Yeah. It starts getting personal. And then Momo uh, like wants to challenge him. He says, okay, let's go right now. Uh, Aang runs over to Sokka and Aang's like, what do we do? And Sokka's like, so confused. Uh, Aang points back and we see a full on like samurai fight about to take place. Uh, Momo is rocking a purple outfit with the ears uh, like being essentially tied off to look like a nice little hairstyle. Appa's got full-on samurai armor, definitely going to be favored in the fight. Not only armor, but also has multiple swords. Uh, between two and six, depending on the shot, uh, it changes all the time. I think he has uh, three, but then when he like goes into a tornado, it looks like there's multiple. Well, at one point, he definitely has four, I, I, I believe. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Might be a goof on the animator's part, but I think at the beginning of the fight, when you're just looking at both of them, he has three swords. Yes, I thought the same thing, because I was like, I don't think Appa has three limbs. I thought he had four, and then he ends up with a fourth sword, and I was like, oh, well, there we go. I think That's he has fun. six limbs, and then he like uses the two to stand, because he's like standing yeah. upright. Anyway, uh, it's like full General some... Grievous style, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was oh, some, one of like, the best TikTok trends of all time is when people would sit on each other's shoulders and just like, they'd just be like, hello there. And they'd be like, General Kano, do you know what I'm talking about? We're like, oh, yeah. that was the best part of TikTok. We'll never get there again. No, uh, at least we're far away from berries and cream. That were in the week of my oh. life. Zach, are you on TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. So sadly, I don't get all these references. I know I got to get on it one of these days, but. Well, you should be glad you missed like half the stuff. Half the stuff, I'm so glad I uh, I don't have to ever watch again. But yep. anyway, there's this whole fight. Uh, the koala sheep are taking sides. Uh, they're like, you know, ready to go. Uh, half of them are chanting for Appa. Half of them are chanting the Momo. Uh, we have Guru Patik that shows up. Uh, just, <laughs> just uh, you know, say, I don't know, an advertisement for a chakra sandwich is what I had down. Full, yeah, full. 
Oh, I was gonna say full Laiku from uh, uh, Latiku from uh, uh, Mario Kart, where he. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. He also has nice. six arms here for some reason. He just has like Oppo's yeah. limbs. I don't know why. Yeah, I think that's like a common way of uh, like showing people uh, like in those poses is like with the six arms. I, I don't know the like proper name for it, but like it is like a, a common way to draw people. I've seen this before, so okay. I, I'm sure they're doing some sort of callback that I just like didn't understand mm-hmm. um anyway uh it just keeps getting more and more weird here uh w- we can stick with them for a bit but um yeah like it just it gets even more odd uh there's like rocks that all like go around uh ang they start like dancing around him uh like the sheep start you know doing their own thing like uh jumping around it, it gets odd uh this is like full Full nightmare. The tree that Ozai was uh, on starts dancing. Uh, yeah, it just it gets it gets really weird here. Yeah, uh, I thought this part was pretty funny though. Yeah, I, I had like a great time. I have to say, the one thing I loved about this episode is each dream is weird. You know, besides the one where like the whole world explodes, um, like the dreams are funny to an extent, and mm-hmm. like they don't they they get in and they get out. They don't they don't stick around too long. Like we we cut back to other things. And I think that like a different show would just like have these dreams stretch out for like hours and hours. Yeah, they they do a good job of that. They also like they don't show Aang like training the whole time. They just like show him come back exhausted. Uh in a second like we don't see any of the war meeting. Like we really get the parts that I care about. And this episode easily could have been 40 minutes showing each of the things for longer. But, like, I don't care about those. I'm glad that, like, we only got the 20 minutes that we got and that we didn't stretch it out. So I think they did a good job there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we go back. Or, Zach, do you have any other thoughts on this uh, wild dream sequence? Not really. I mean, it was cool when Oppa, like, went into a tornado and started attacking with, like, all his swords. That was pretty dope. Besides that, yeah. no other notes to mention. That- that was really cool, but then Mo- Momo was able to like defend against all of that barrage, which meant that Momo must be pretty freaking talented as a swordsman himself. True, true. Yeah, are we rank. We're rating this fight at the end, right? I, I don't know. I mean, it's only an hour and thirty minutes in the podcast. We should probably wait and see if we're going to rank it until the very end. <laughs> sure, no, we, should it, we should rank. We should rank. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, <laughs> anyway, we go back to the the royal palace. Uh, May's like so supportive uh you know great supportive partner there waiting for zuko after the meeting excited to ask him how it went uh and then zuko right there is recapping it he says you know like i was there uh i was right next to him i was literally at his right hand uh he says i was the perfect prince the son my father wanted but it wasn't me wow Uh, that's some billy eilish Yeah. Well, we've compared Zuko to Billie Eilish on this podcast before, so. Mm. Yeah, who knew that he was actually shaggy the whole time with the, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Did you Um, boo my joke? Yeah. Somebody had to. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a little disrespectful. Uh, Okay, well, anyway, we get this with Zuko. It's like, really, this is like the motivation for like, uh, you know, him defecting we we ultimately like see the turmoil that he's going in uh we see like you know essentially he's where he wanted to be for the first two seasons he like has his honor he has his life and he's still not happy and i think it's important to point out like this is essentially why he's able to make the jump in a few episodes and it's cool they set it up uh here but also like his entire journey throughout like season two and season three 
Yeah. yeah, like this is a filler episode, but this Zuko stuff is actually very important to his character progression. So it's like filler for yeah. the gang, but not for Zuko. Yeah, yeah like so I, I watched all of Steven Universe. I adore Steven Universe, but something that I always found is that when there were filler episodes, they they very rarely had like actual plot movement to them and they would just be like oh look the characters are building a closer bond or something like that mm-hmm. but very i think what is great about this episode is that even though it is a lot of filler it is always both moving the plot forward and creating new character either emotional uh points or like it's showing where a character is in the moment and i think that um, something that a lot of media where it's like, you know, when someone's the chosen one doesn't do is show the anxiety of being the chosen one in a way that doesn't make them a whiny little bitch. And like, <laughs> I don't think Aang is, uh, you know, like whiny in this episode. I think Aang is freaking out in a way that's completely understandable. And so I really like this episode. I think that like when Jacob told me about it, he was sort of saying, oh, nothing really happens. But I think a lot happens in this episode. And um, I'm I'm glad that we got to cover it. Like, I think it's a good episode of TV. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that is true. Like, ultimately, like, this isn't an episode where you have to know everything that went on before to be able to get it. So, like, I think that's maybe why I think of it as a filler episode. But you're right. Like, the Steven Universe filler episodes mean absolutely nothing. Like, like, nothing happens. They're hilarious. But um, anyway, yeah, like, we do have, uh, you know, at least some some character progression here. Um. Anyway, the last scene that we get uh, here is uh, they have uh, Team Avatar minus Aang has made this wonderful little sleep resort for Aang. Um, There's like a nice little uh, elevated area that has a bunch of this koala sheep wool. There's a ton of mist and fog around uh, to create like the soothing environment. Aang is like, oh, like this is an imaginary bed made out of clouds. But then Team Avatar tells him, no, like we really want you to sleep. Uh, we got to make sure that you're okay. So we're going to hope you get a good night's sleep. Uh, anyway, they get him ready for it. Uh, one thing that Aang asks to do is uh, he's like, oh, no, I need practice. And then he asks Katara to hit him. Katara's like, I'm not going to hit him. And Toph immediately is like, I can do it. Oh, so funny. <laughs> so true to Toph's character. Um, but anyway, they get ready to go. Uh, they all like motivate him. They tell him that he's like doing great. Uh, he says that he's ready to go to bed, and we go into his final dream. Uh, Zach, you want to recap this quick uh, little dream? Sure. Aang has another dream where Ozai tells him he's not wearing pants, and then he plays the Uno reverse card and replies to Ozai, <laughs> it's you who's not wearing pants. Yes, Uno yeah. reverse card indeed. I have uh, to say, then... I love, uh, you know, Ozai is voiced by Mark Hamill, and I yes. think mm-hmm. that... Um, something that Mark Hamill is really good at is both being villainous, but being humorous in whatever voice he performs. And I think that this is like a great example of how talented Mark Hamill is as a voice actor um, to the point where I didn't even recognize, like I knew that he voiced this character, but I didn't even recognize it because the performance was so good. And then when I went back to listen to it, I was like, Oh, classic Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill. But he really delivers like such a great comedic, performance in this sort of goofy episode i loved it no i agree i love when he's like wake up wake up sleepyhead it's just like (laughs) (laughs) his voice in that moment was so good and mark hamill's such a talented voice actor i've recently been watching the old spider-man cartoons and he voices the hobgoblin in those and yeah he's Mm -hmm. just amazing as the joke he's done so many like classic yeah yeah yeah. i i was playing a a video game where he's the joker and it's like uh his voice acting is just so good Mm. yeah 
Um, anyway, so there you go. That's what we got for you. Uh, he's about to go to the invasion, uh, the next episode. So next week we'll be, uh, you know, talking about the invasion proper as we're discussing uh, the day of Black Sun Part One. Uh, but now we got some segments for you. First off, we're going to rank the episode. As a reminder, every week we rank the episode between zero and four cabbages. Uh, we take my score, Zach's score, the listener score, and the guest score to get the official Aang in their score. So we know which episode was the best. Zach, how many cabbages does this episode get from you? I'm going to give this a 3.4 out of 4. Initially, when I first watched this episode, I was always kind of down on it. But then after rewatching it a bunch and talking it through with you, Naomi, and Jacob, I think it's a solid episode of Avatar. I think a lot a lot more happens than I realize. I think the comedy is good. The comedy lands for the most part. It's pretty funny. The dream sequence is pretty funny. Appa and Momo fighting is pretty hilarious. So, And yeah, and we have the deep introspective stuff with Zuko as well. So overall, it's got like almost everything you want in an avatar episode and for that i'll give it a 3.4 out of 4 okay uh naomi do you want to go next i think it's a a 3.2 and i say that highlighting all the pros that zach highlighted i think the one thing is like what i do love about avatar is the is the imagery and i think that while we had a lot of fun here we don't have like some of the really like beautiful imagery that i love of avatar and there wasn't a lot of bending in this episode in particular um, and that's one of my favorite parts of the show. So I'm, I'm giving it a 3.2, but it, it's definitely a, a B, B plus for me. I think it's a good episode. Yeah, you're uh, you're almost like right there with the listeners. The listeners at, at a 3.13. Uh, I'm a little bit lower, actually. I think I'm going to give it a 2.9 as an episode. Wow. I just don't feel like we got the parts of Avatar that really make it special. Like there was no new part of the world that we explored. Mm. Uh, there wasn't like cool bending fights. Uh, like ultimately it's a good episode and Zach like points out a lot of its pros, but I just feel like, um, you know, it's an okay episode of TV, uh, which is still a good episode of Avatar, but yeah, it's passing, but not, not by flying colors. That's going to leave the episode at a 3.16 for the official rating. Uh, And then we also need to rank the battle, Uh, the battle, um, Yep, uh, between Momo and Appa. Uh, yep. Not something that you probably would have thought uh, we'd need to rank uh, uh-huh. if you just like were watching this for the first time with us. But yep, <laughs> we have the two animals fighting. Uh, I think this fight is very funny. Uh, I can go first with my rating here. I think the, the fight is very funny. Uh, it's not that necessarily that good of a fight, uh, but it does make me laugh when I watch it. Uh, it's, a laugh that, it's a fight that I remember. And so for that, I'm going to give it a 3.3. Ultimately, it's not like a very cool fight. Uh, it's yeah. not very long, but it's funny. I remember it, so I'm going to rate it pretty highly uh, relative to like, what I think the fight actually is. Uh, Zach, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Firstly, I'm like counting like the voice acting leading up to the scene where yeah. he's like, hey, hey yeah. you wise guy, why are you talking to me like that? I don't know. Just like Dee Bradley Baker's voice is just too hilarious, even though they don't technically talk during the fight. But yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a 3.5 out of 4 because it's just so memorable. Like whenever yeah. I watch this episode, I'm like, oh yeah, the fight between Appa and Momo. Like I always just remember that bit of the episode so clearly. Like their outfits, like they're apparently they're both based on like certain anime, so it's pretty cool that they just have like these get-ups and yeah i just i love it so i'm gonna give it a 3.5 out of four i'm a little higher on it than you jacob sweet uh naomi where are you on the fight 
I also am going to give it, I'm going to give it a 3.4. I think it's a lot of fun. I think that the voice acting is impeccable. And I think that with this scene, um, you never expect it. You don't expect Momo and Appa to just be like taking swings at each other, but they are. <laughs> and like, that's the beauty of Avatar. I love that that can just happen in this show, you know? Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Um, I think, wait, three, that 3.4 is the average rating, right? I yes. Great. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna type it in my calculator and then divide and then I realized that I could do it in my head. Hey, genius. Oh my god, are you like good at math or something? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm wow. sorry, that was just too funny. First no, 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 appearance it's... on this podcast, Naomi. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the last thing we have is a T quartet uh, that Naomi actually came up with in the pre-show. I think it's a great idea. We're going to be T-quartetting an actual quartet. Uh, so that's going to be a viola, a violin, a cello, and a bass. Although I guess I said the amount of order, right? In size, it's like violin, viola, cello, bass. Yeah. And and this right. isn't technically... Like a real quartet would be two violins, a viola, and a cello. But this, for example, we're doing the quartet of string instruments. Wait, what? A so real... A, a, a quartet, if there was a, like, let's say you wanted a quartet to perform at an event you were hosting, it would be a violin, violin one, violin two, a viola, and a cello. What if I wanted a, a bass to be there as well? Then you could have that. But then you start kind of just forming a big old orchestra. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, shows but- you what I know. Yeah, but I will say that like the quartet of string instruments, the 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 four iconic string instruments, we got it. We got to rank them. Well, yeah. Now I'm now I'm confused about like uh, you know the different uh, like the difference between the first uh, violin and the second one, which one would be what bender? But we'll we'll do this one. Uh, I got some <laughs> rankings from, or I got some like uh, you know things from my friend who's an orchestra director uh, who responded almost immediately. So I'm glad that it took him no time to think at all. Uh, so that's going to what, be what forms my opinion. But Naomi, do you have any uh, like firm opinions on where oh, things yeah. should go? Oh, yeah. Um, I was in band for a long time and also in orchestra. Uh, my opinions are not wrong. Violin, <laughs> violin, fire nation. Viola, <laughs> airbender. Cello, waterbender. Bass, earthbender. All right. I find that very interesting. So my friend Chris wrote in and he said, uh, violin and bass are certain. Violin is fire and bass are earth. Uh, he said viola and cello could maybe switch, uh, but he, he put by, uh, viola at water and cello at air. Just from what I know about the instruments, it makes sense that bass is earth. Like it's the most stable one. It's like, you know, playing the bass line, uh, maybe if that's a thing. Probably not. I think that's for guitar. Who knows? I'm clearly exposing that I know nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know I, more I, than I me. would suggest, Jacob, that you just move on from whatever you were just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, give me some. Can you give me some reason why viola should be air and cello water? Well, Zach. I, first, I want to know what Zach thinks, and then I'll give you my reason. I have no idea. I, I wanted to ask why is violin so obviously fire? Well, because they're the question. divas. They're they're the divas. Oh my god, the violinists! Like that's that's like, and a lot of the time, violin pieces are really like if it's like a very fast. That that's the kind of instrument that has like the fast pieces that like the you know like you think about somebody like fiddling or something like that, right? That the you know your fingers are moving at like lightning speed. It's a lot of sort of frantic not all the time, like there's obviously beautiful slow violin pieces, but like that's the the instrument that I think has the most 
Um, so when I think of cello, my very first um, instinct is like thinking about like the Bach pieces. And that's very water to me, like the the sort of arpeggios where it goes up and down and all this stuff like cellos are a little more um, smooth and like sultry to me. Whereas like a viola is a little more light, a little more up in the air, uh, even though it's not necessarily the lightest of the pieces. I think that it's very air. It's very gregarious too. like viola players. They don't get the melodies a lot. They don't get their opportunities to shine very often. And I think that the airbenders are very like, you know, they're generous people. Right. And so that's why I think of viola as an airbender. You know what? I absolutely love it. That sounds like the definitive ranking to me. Uh, yeah, I will stay out of it. Do not worry. <laughs> Violin, fire, viola, air, cello, water, bass. If you bird. disagree, you can at me, but I think I'm right on this. I, I think you're right, too. You're coming with uh, receipts. You're coming with great reasons. Sounds, uh, sounds right to me. Uh, Zach, anything else we got to do on the podcast today? No, no. I'm excited for next week. And uh, yeah, we don't got to do anything else. So that's it. Thank you very much, Naomi, for coming on. You were great. You were amazing. What a privilege to be here. What, you want to to say something, Jacob? What's up? Where can people keep up with stuff that you're doing? Mm, um, You can follow me at Naomi Calhoun on Twitter. Um, I have... I'm, I'm season two of Mike White was robbed is brewing. I have sent a lot of DMs to a lot of people. Um, and I cannot wait for those episodes to start recording. Mike White was robbed is my podcast, but you can also listen to me on the Brazilian dragon podcast covering movies where me and Felipe have just an unhinged time. And, um, yeah, I was recently on Renap and I was recently, uh, a couple weeks ago on the RHP rewind. So check those out. Those are some wonderfully funny episodes that I had a great time being a part of. I highly recommend all of the above, especially like the Renap episode, obviously must listen, but the, the rewind was iconic. Uh, so definitely <laughs> that was, check that out. That was such a weird show. Those people LARPing as superheroes. I, I know. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't believe that was real. Honestly. Yeah. That was a great episode. Such, such funny moments. Uh, Zach, where can people keep up with you? You can, you can keep up with me on Twitter at Zach Muhammad 32. And where can they find you, Jacob? On Twitter at JK Redman. Uh, anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We'll be back next week to talk the day of the Black Sun, part one, the invasion, as everything comes to a head during the eclipse. Uh, excited to talk through that one. Until next time, see ya. Peace out. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.